0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you made it all. The heavens, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything. You did it because of your great love for us. It lasts forever. And we are amazed by that. It's why we come to you and we sing and we give you praises and our shouts. Help us today understand your word. Help me communicate it in a way, Lord, that is helpful. Fill us with your spirit today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you. Perhaps you went over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house. Yes, Uh, we did, we did. We went over the river and through the woods down and back in 24 hours to Malone, Florida. Five, yeah, five and a half hours each way. My people would call that a schlep. (laughs) It was a schlep. It's It's a long journey that's Yiddish for a long journey. If you're not familiar with Yiddish, it is a combination of Hebrew and many other Eastern European languages. Uh, It would be the Brunswick stew of languages. That's how I would explain that. Maybe you went over the river and through the woods and you're still there. You, (laughs) You haven't left yet. And your family brought you to church. This would be about the moment someone in your family leans over and says, this isn't the regular guy. Tell me somebody in this room or in Jasper didn't just lean over and say that. (laughs) You're right, I'm not the regular guy. The regular guy, Pastor Jason, will be back next week to preach Ephesians chapter 3. I am your campus pastor. But the reason I bring up he's going to be back to preach Ephesians chapter 3 is that we arguably just got out of a Mount Rushmore chapter in in the Bible, Ephesians chapter two. You can put that right up there with Romans eight and several others depending upon which ones you like the most. And we don't take time to stop and go, whoa, what did we just hear? Because we're a culture that keeps moving on and moving on and moving on and we don't take a breath. I mean, this school year started in August. Next thing you know, two days later, it was fall break. Then we had Halloween, Thanksgiving. Now it's the mad rush to Christmas. Nothing more peaceful than that song as you're stuck in traffic. <laughs> then it's gonna be New Year's, and then we're gonna get into spring break and then Mother's Day and Easter and and all kinds of graduation stuff and and wedding season, and the kids are out of school, and the next thing you know, you're going, I can't believe it's Thanksgiving. We don't, we don't breathe. So we wanna take a very intentional time and stop and give thanks for what we just heard in Ephesians chapter two. By grace, we have been saved. By grace, because of God's love for us. We were dead in our trespasses, dead in our sin, and nothing we did earned it nothing we did deserved it but jesus died on a cross for our sins to forgive us of our sins and to take our place as the penalty of sin and all of a sudden we get to have life in jesus christ and then we can move on now let's let's take a moment and celebrate that let's take a moment and rejoice in that let's take a moment and give thanksgiving for that. So we are going to start today in an Old Testament Psalm. We are going to end in an Old Testament Psalm. There are gonna be some New Testament verses in between. It will be just like an actual Thanksgiving sandwich. Okay, you ready? Okay, Psalm 100. Open up your Bibles to Psalm 100. This is a very familiar Psalm. It's the only Psalm of the 150 Psalms that actually has a title, A Psalm of Thanksgiving. It's only five verses, and we could probably do a sermon on every word in this Psalm. It is chock full of wholesome goodness, chock full of God's faithfulness, chock full of the truths of who God is. So I'm gonna read through it, and then we're going to unpack it. Verse one, Make a joyful noise. Say joyful. Joyful. To the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Say serve. Serve. Come into his presence with singing. Say singing. singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. Say he is God. He is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, say it, thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, say thanks, Thanks. bless his name, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Now you can see there is a sermon in just about every single word. Let's start with verse 1. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. That is one way we give thanks, by making a joyful noise. And I heard you during that song, Gratitude, we heard you in Jasper, during that song, Gratitude, making a joyful noise. I heard shouts. And that is, that is totally okay and appropriate to shout to the Lord because he says, make a joyful noise. It's the Hebrew word ruah, which is the shouts of of a happy people, not the shouts of a dejected person, not the shouts of a sort of melancholy person, but the shouts of a happy people. Why are they happy? Because they have a loyal God. These are the shouts of a happy people, loyal subjects to the king. And it's to all the earth. The psalmist says, all people, all nations, and this is one of those Psalms where there is a messianic presence in it, pointing to Jesus who gives us the great commandment to make disciples of all nations. The psalmist says, All people should make a joyful noise to the Lord. Verse two, serve the Lord with gladness. That word serve is another way we give thanks to God. We can serve by offering Him our worship in reverence to Him. We could also serve in a literal sense of serving one another. You may be doing that today. I see a lot of green shirts and blue shirts and black shirts and purple shirts on Wednesday nights for our students. You may be serving others in the context of the local church to use the gifts that God has given you to build up the body of the local church. You may be serving in your community, living a life on mission. Maybe that was buying gifts for Hope for Christmas. Maybe that is serving at our Hope for Christmas event at both locations. Maybe it's just loving your neighbor. But when we serve, we are worshiping God, we are giving him thanks. And as we heard in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Why? That we might walk in them. So it's not our serving that saves us. We're not saved by serving. We're saved to serve. And we're saved to serve with a joyful heart, a happy heart. So that's another way we show our thanksgiving. Continuing in verse two, we show our thanksgiving by coming into his presence with singing. And oh, It is so good to sing with God's people, to gather together, as we heard last week, to gather together and remember God through his singing. And singing is one of the primary ways that we worship God. Now, it's not the only way we worship God. We're worshiping God right now, sitting under the preaching of his word. We worship God with our generosity. We worship God with our serving. We worship God when we are loving our neighbor in light of what has been given to us. But singing is one of those ways. And God loves to hear his kids sing. He loves it. But I gotta be honest, sometimes I don't feel like singing. Sometimes I don't feel like shouting joyfully. Anybody else? Am I the only one? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we have stuff going on in our lives and those circumstances give us a heart that that doesn't want to shout, that doesn't want to sing. And this is why I want to make this super clear. This is not a message that just says, be thankful, everything's going to be okay. Just be grateful, it's all good. Because we recognize that there are times where it's not good. There are times when we don't feel like singing. You may be in a season like that right now. Maybe there was, as Pastor Jason said last week, an empty chair at your Thanksgiving table. Maybe it was because someone had passed away. Maybe it was because someone chose not to be there. You may be going through a difficult season health-wise, financially, financially. But we have to remember in those moments, it's okay. God is with us. We'll hear more about that at Christmas time. God with us, Emmanuel. But in those moments, he still loves to hear his kids sing. I'm not a very good singer. Ask anybody in the front row here. Sometimes, sometimes when our worship team has a, an original song and they're recording that song, They'll turn off this crowd mic because they know it's right in front of me. I'm not a very good singer. I'm not even singing the right words sometimes. Are you, they're up on the screen, and I'm not singing the right words. And I'm, I'm clapping off beat. I'm an off beat clapper from from way back. And, but I remember he loves to hear his kids sing, even if it's just a mumble. Or a grumble. Now, who's his first kid? Jesus. You know what Jesus sang? Pretty incredible. You know what Jesus sang? Hymns. And what are hymns? Songs of praise to the Father. So Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is singing hymns of praise to. His heavenly Father, His Father, God the Father, and God the Son is singing praises to Him. We know this. Matthew chapter 26, the end of the Last Supper, and historically and traditionally at the end of the Passover, which was the Last Supper, there would be a time to sing hymns, sing songs of praise. These are the halal hymns. hymns. I've heard it both ways. The halal hymns. And these songs, usually Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 and occasionally Psalm 136, as you saw up on the screen, these hymns were sung at the end to give God praise. The reason they're called halal, halal is praise, and then hallelujah, Yahweh, Pastor Jason has talked to us a lot about that. So these are the whole songs, the praise songs. So here you have Jesus at the end of the Last Supper before he takes the disciples out to the Mount of Olives singing praises to the Father. And the followers are singing praises to their heavenly Father with the Son of God right before the Son of God goes to the cross to give the ultimate act of love, the ultimate act of praise that we get to say Hallelujah was done for centuries by the Israelites. So Jesus sang and we get to sing his steadfast love endures forever. And we get to sing that with a smile, with a joyful shout. But if Jesus sang, if the King of Kings sang, if the Lord of Lords sang, can't we sing? Shouldn't we be singing? You guys do a great job of singing. And I'm not saying there aren't times, like I said, where you don't feel like singing, but Jesus is our example in singing. Jesus is our example in giving God thanks. We should be an example to the next generation. So I wanna encourage you, if you are a leader in your home, let your kids see you sing. No matter what it sounds like, let your kids hear you praise Jesus. Let your kids see you read this at home instead of this. Now, you can also scroll the Bible on your phone. I get that. But let them see you relishing joyously in the presence of God through reading his word. Because you know this if you're a parent. They will imitate you. We get to be imitators of Christ, as Paul says. Our kids will imitate us. And if, if you're standing in church on a Sunday with a hand in one pocket and a coffee mug in the other and going like this, what do you think they'll do? If they don't see you reading this, what do you think they're gonna read? That's just some encouragement there because Jesus is not just our savior, not just our Lord, he's our example. Verse three. We give thanks knowing that the Lord is God. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, sheep of his pasture. Where where do we have that, that sheep shepherd reference? In the New Testament, Jesus is our good shepherd. So here we see another messianic prophecy. And then Pastors are under shepherds. And for God to be our shepherd, we have to let him shepherd us and care for us and love us and correct us and guide us. And in our church, when you become a steward of a church or a member of a church, we call them stewards here at Revolution, you're saying, I'm ready to have my pastors love me, shepherd me. Care for me, correct me, guide me. These are really powerful things we see in Psalm 100. But the thing I love the most about this verse, verse three, we're his, we're not somebody else's. We're certainly not the enemy's. We are his. We see that in Ephesians two. Another thing to give thanks for. We are his workmanship that we saw in Ephesians two ten. We're his, his creation, his possession. We're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession that we might proclaim the excellencies of him who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We didn't make ourselves. He's the creator. And if you're in Christ, if you have trusted in Jesus, you're adopted into God's family. That's not something to be thankful for. I don't know what is. Adopted into his family. We get to call him Abba Father. He calls us sons and daughters. We're heirs of him and co-heirs with the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ. And we get the same rights and privileges as Jesus. Whoa, that's right, exactly. And we get to give him thanks for that. That's why we're taking some time because by grace we have been saved. Nothing we earned, nothing we did, but by grace we have been saved because of God's love for us. Check this out. He's created every single person in this room, every single person in Jasper, every single person online, every single person has been created in his image. And then, if you're in Christ, you are recreated. You are a new creation, reborn. Reborn born again so he's made you twice we we are his twice baked potato (laughs) that's probably the only thing you're going to take out of this i'm a twice baked potato yes you are and that's awesome because everybody loves a baked potato there's nothing more satisfying than a hot baked potato (laughs) i'm with you but sometimes sometimes you go to a place and it's a twice baked potato They've taken that baked potato, they've carved it out, they've swirled some other stuff in there, they put it back under the broiler, give it that little crispy top. You're like, oh yeah, I do love a twice-baked potato. We are twice-baked if we are in Christ. That is something to be thankful for. And how do we do that? Verse four, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise, we give thanks to him, bless his name. How do we do all this? We enter his courts together, as we heard last week, as one body. We enter his courts with thanksgiving and thanks to him. Two words, two Hebrew words, basically same root word. The word for thanksgiving is toda. the word for thanks is yada. This means to give him praise with our arms extended out, just like we did in our worship during that song, Gratitude. But there's another meaning. There's another meaning to Todah and Yada, and it's confession. Not confession in we're going to go to a priest and sit in a booth, and we're going to confess our sins. That's not what this confession is. This is a confession, and and by the way, we should confess our sins, but because of Jesus, because we have access to the throne through the blood of Christ, we can have confidence to go right into the throne, enter his gates, and, and ask forgiveness. We should confess our sins. It should be real and specific and immediate confession of sin, but that's not what this means. This is a confession of who God is. This is confessing that he is Lord. This is confessing his greatness. This is confessing his character. So when we shout his praises, we are confessing who God is. And when we are confessing who God is, we're giving him our todah, we're giving him our thanksgiving, we're giving him our yada, we're giving him our thanks. And he hears those shouts. He hears those praises. He inclines his ears as we're praising and thanking and thanking and praising. And when we do that, wait for God to move because he will. If you were here, and I don't know when it was, but it was Pastor Jason's series on multiplication. He was talking about the miracle of multiplication and the reference was the Uh, part in the Bible where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And there were only five loaves of bread and two fishes to feed thousands and thousands of people. It was more than 5,000 people. And when they brought Jesus the bread, he broke it. But what did he do before he broke it? He blessed it. He gave thanks for it. So before the miracle of the multiplication of the bread that fed thousands and thousands of people, Jesus himself gave thanks to the Father. So we have to look at that and go, man, what what multiplication in our lives are we missing out on if our hearts are not bent on thanksgiving? If our hearts are not grateful? What are we not letting God multiply in our lives if we have ungrateful hearts? What are we not letting God multiply in our lives if we have a critical spirit about everything? If we are walking around with our heads down complaining about our lives? But again, this is not a just don't complain, this is a how to give thanks message. Because what is the opposite of praising and thanking? rumbling and complaining. So let me ask you this. Did anybody sit around the Thanksgiving table on Thursday and hold hands and go around the table and everybody got a chance to complain about something? (laughs) Maybe at your table. I don't know. Maybe the other 364 days, that's a thing. But we would never do that. We'd never be holding hands. Okay, it's my turn. The gravy's lumpy. At least you had gravy. I talked about that before growing up. We were a gravyless house. Not that we couldn't afford gravy, we just didn't have gravy. We were a dry turkey house. I know. Dry dressing house, dry mashed potato house. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you have the grandmother or maybe you're that person that is like this amazing cook and you're passing recipes down generation to generation. and Everybody comes to your house for Thanksgiving and it's wonderful. We didn't have that. <laughs> that, that, was, that was not our thing. But I digress. So, so grumbling and being ungrateful is not showing thanksgiving. The Israelites did not show thanksgiving. They were released into their freedom after, what, 400 years in captivity? 400 years as prisoners of Egypt, slaves in Egypt, 400 years. They get out, they're hungry. They say, hey, we could use some food. And what happens? Out of the sky comes the food. They they didn't have to go to the Kroger's. They, They didn't have to go to Aldi's. They, out of the sky came the food and it came every day and it was called manna and they were tired of it and they didn't like it. They didn't even have a name for it. The Hebrew word for manna is, what is it? They were so ungrateful, they couldn't even come up with a name for it. It's, it's like when your, your kid is sitting there at the Thanksgiving table and he's looking at the, the green bean casserole and he's, Swirling around with his fork, and he looks up, and goes, what, what is this? What, what is this that happened at your house? Okay, yeah. They're complaining, watch this. Their complaining was keeping them in captivity because they, they wanted to go back to Egypt because the food was better. And Moses said, no, no you're grumbling, and you're complaining. I, I just hope you know this. You're grumbling and complaining and showing an, ungrateful heart to God. Their grumbling kept them in captivity. This is why we, it's why we take communion. Because what are we doing when we're taking communion? We're confessing. and We're remembering what God has done. We take communion in this confession of God's greatness. We take communion in confession that Jesus went to the cross his broken body for us, his blood poured out for us. So while our complaining will keep us in captivity, our confession, our lifting our eyes, our praising him will bring us into communion. Should have been a point on the screen, but it wasn't. Hope you wrote it down. It's not healthy to complain. Even secular psychologists know that. They have done studies where they have seen that grateful atheists, atheists dead in their sin, and I was one. I I was an atheist dead in my sin 17 years ago. Grateful atheists are happier and healthier than ungrateful atheists. So what that study is saying, they're saying that grateful dead people Ah, yeah. Are happier than ungrateful dead people. But check this out. If we are grateful alive people, if we're grateful alive in Christ, how much more joy will we have? Amen. This is why I don't understand, I don't understand ungrateful Christians. I don't understand miserable Christians. I understand miserable non-believers because they're dead. They have not been made alive. They have not trusted in Jesus. They don't get to go to the communion table and, and share in the Eucharisto, which means grace and joy. I get that, but the Christians should be the most grateful people because they remember what they are saved from. They remember who saved them So a point up on the screen, which encompasses all of this. The degree to which we give thanks is the degree to which we remember the grace given to us. The degree to which we give thanks is the degree to which we remember the grace given to us, which was by grace, through faith, nothing that we earned, nothing we deserved, all through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And when we remember that, we are a grateful people. The degree to which you're grateful in your post-conversion life after you've trusted in Jesus is the degree to which you understand what your life was prior to conversion. I remember what my life was prior to conversion, and you've heard it before, even my worst day now is better than my best day before I knew Jesus. And that's true for everybody who's in Christ. It's this this concept of dianu. I think I shared this when I preached on the Passover a while ago. This concept of dianu is that what God had done would have been enough. So if God had just brought the Israelites out of slavery, would have been enough. If God had just brought them through the Red Sea and covered up the sea on their enemy, would have been enough. And now we get to see Jesus dying on the cross by grace, infinite mercy, immeasurable mercy, if he had just died on the cross to forgive us of our sins and take our penalty that we deserve because of our sins, would have been enough, dying. But as we'll see, as we'll see in Ephesians chapter three, Jesus came to do immeasurably more. Immeasurably more than we could ask or think. And that's, that is our confession. So it's, it's not really a thanksgiving versus ungratefulness. It's more of a thanksgiving versus deadness when we remember our condition, we were dead and then we think about what Jesus has done by grace on our behalf, going back to Ephesians chapter two, we can have a heart of thanksgiving. You see the difference? Given to us by grace. And did you know that when we are thankful, when we remember what has been done for us, we become very dangerous. We become incredible witnesses to the rest of the world. Let's look at Philippians chapter two, verse 14. It says, do all things, say all things, without grumbling or disputing. That means finding a parking space at the outlets. Verse 15, so that you may be, this is amazing, blameless and innocent. Children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Would you agree that we are in a twisted and crooked generation? And it's only getting worse. So, what is this saying? It's saying that our thankfulness, our yada, our toda, our praise to God, our countenance because of the fact that we have been saved by grace leads us to be witnesses in this generation, in this twisted and crooked generation, to be shining lights. Because when we go out here today, and you may be hitting the stores today, you can hit the stores a shining light, or you can hit the store as everybody else in the world. You can go to work on Monday as a shining light, or you can go to work as everybody else in the world. You can go back to school on Monday as a shining light, or go back to school as everybody else in the world. But we are commanded to be grateful. We are commanded to be heart of thanksgiving in front of people that they may go, what's up with that? Why are they so thankful that the world is crooked, the world is twisted? Why are they so thankful? They're thankful because of what they remember. Remembering is such an important component of our witnessing. Why? For the Lord is good. Verse five, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. There's a sermon in every one of those words. Let's start out with the Lord is good. The Lord is tov. That would be the Hebrew word for good, tov. So this is the same word used in Genesis chapter one. Check this out. The so God made the heavens and the earth. He saw that it was tov. He saw that it was good. He created the oceans and all the creatures in the oceans. And he said, Oh, that's good. That's Tov. And he created the earth and all the things that are walking on the earth, the creepy crawling things. And he said, Oh, that's good. That's Tov. Same word he used in Genesis chapter 2 when he looked at his creation man. And he goes, Well, oh, that guy's alone. That ain't Tov. That ain't good. And he created a helper. God is good all the time. God is all good, and He's good all the time. Because it's one thing to thank Him for His provision, and we should. We should ask Him, we should pray, God provide. And when He provides, we should thank Him. But it's one thing to thank Him for provision, it is another thing to thank him simply for his presence. He's here, he's with us. It's one thing to thank him for the gifts that he's given you, gifts that you can use to build up the body of the church. It's one thing to thank him for the gifts. It's another thing to simply thank him for his goodness because he never changes. He never wakes up one day, I'm not gonna be good today. You can bank on his word, his word is true, and because he never changes, because of his immutability, we can trust in that. We can trust in the next word, his steadfast love. Last week, Pastor Jason talked about a different kind of love, a filio love, a brotherly love that brings us together as one body. This is a different kind of love. This is a love that really can't be described by one word. It's used 250 times in the Old Testament, but it really can't be described as one word because it's mercy, it's kindness, it's faithfulness, it's loyalty. It's why so often you'll see it as two words. Maybe your translation says steadfast love. Maybe your translation says loving kindness. Same word that we See in Micah chapter 6, when we went through Micah, we want to love kindness. It's this concept of Hesed love. It's a love between us and a neighbor. It's a love between God and us. And this Hesed love, check this out it's a love that allows us to give thanks with our singing. It's a love that Allows us to give thanks with our praise. The love that allows us to give thanks with our serving. The love that allows us to give thanks with our lives that when we go outside these walls, we are shining lights. Shining lights. Now, the last part of verse 5 is also very significant it's his faithfulness. And this is tough. It's tough because of what we talked about when we don't feel like singing because there's stuff going on in our lives. It's tough to trust his faithfulness when there's stuff going on in our lives. But we know that when our eyes are focused horizontally on our circumstances, we don't hear his love. We hear, woe is me. Maybe that's where you've been this week. Woe is me. And when we're fixated on our horizontal and our circumstances and we hear woe is me, we don't expect his favor. We don't feel his presence. But when we fix our eyes on him, when we are giving him our toda, when we're giving him our yada, even when we don't feel like it, our eyes are up, our eyes are fixed on him, and we hear his sweet voice. We hear his promises, we feel his comfort, we can expect his favor, because he is faithful all the time. It's his hesed, perfect love. He's good. His love endures forever the same word that you read in those verses that were up on the screen. His steadfast love endures forever. His Hesed love endures forever. His Hesed love created the heavens and the earth. His Hesed love created every single thing, including us. His Hesed love met us in our lowest state. And his Hesed love along with another kind of love, an agape love, a sacrificial love, is the one that sent Jesus to die for us on the cross. So, if that's a kind of love that you've never experienced, I wanna give you that chance, because it's a kind of love that allows us to respond with shouts of joy, with ruah shouts of a happy, loyal people to a king, king of kings. The kind of love that allows us to respond with our singing, knowing that he loves to hear his kids sing. It's the kind of love that allows us to respond through our serving and through our generosity, knowing that we are worshiping him in that. And It's a kind of love that allows us to go out and be shining lights, because this first John says, We love because he first loved us. So I want to give you that chance if you have never trusted in Jesus, to trust him now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, through your goodness, through your tove, through your faithfulness, through your steadfast love, cannot believe the love that you gave us in sending your only son to die for us that we might have eternal life so for anyone who is sitting here or in Jasper or watching online that is not trusted in Jesus for your salvation recognizing that agape love that God has for you so much so that he sent Jesus to die. You can repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, today, today I hear about who you are and I confess with my mouth your greatness and I confess with my mouth who Jesus is, that he is who he says he is. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Will you save me? That I might be able to take that agape love, that hesed love, that brotherly love, that phileo love out to the world. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, you were asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And it's the greatest day of your life. I can speak from personal experience. This greatest day is only going to get better come Christmas time because you're going to be able to worship Jesus as your Lord and Savior and not something that was made up for a Hallmark movie, for a Thanksgiving Day parade. He is the one true God who loved you at the point of death. If that was you and you trusted in Jesus today, please do us a favor. Raise your hand. Raise your hand in celebration, in yada, in toda, in praise. And keep your hand raised because our prayer team has a Bible for you. And in it is God's word. And when you open up God's word, he's speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, for everyone else, you can open up your eyes. We're going to end today a little different. If you were at one of our giver celebration dinners a couple of weeks ago, we ended by standing and doing what is called a responsive reading. And maybe in your church tradition, this is something you did all the time, where the pastor or the minister or the preacher would read a verse and then the congregation would read the next verse, the next line in the verse. We're going to do that today with a Psalm that should be familiar to you by now, and that is Psalm 136. Your response to every line is, his steadfast love endures forever. His hesed love endures forever. And I want you to be as affected as I am every time I read this Psalm. There's 26 verses in this Psalm. We're not gonna read all 26. We're gonna read 10. But I would encourage you to open this up at home and do a responsive reading with your family. See if you can get through it without being moved to tears of how great he is in your confession of how great he is that you would be so moved, so amazed at what he's done for you. You can't help but praise him and give him thanks. So let's stand. These 10 verses are gonna be up on the screen. I'm gonna read the first line, the top line of each verse, and then you're gonna read for his steadfast love endures forever. Say it, feel it, bring it into your heart. It's true. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. The love, be forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. The love, be Give thanks to the Lord of lords. The love, be to him who alone does great wonders. The love, be to him who by understanding made the heavens. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. To him who made the great lights. The The sun to rule over the day. The The moon and stars to rule over the night. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Heavenly Father, those words that are true because of your faithfulness, your steadfast love endures forever. Your mercy and loving kindness endures forever. Our prayer right now is for everyone here, everyone in Jasper, everyone gathered online, that we would take that outside, that we would be joyful, in praise, in yada, in toda to you, that we might shine a light everywhere we go to whatever restaurant, whatever store, whatever school, whatever place of business we go to, that we would be witnesses for your glory because you are tov, because you are good. Father, we love you and we praise you, give you all the glory Jesus' name. Amen.